like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. Thank you for being here for another Sex Magic podcast. I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word, or as an admin of a rather large Facebook page, about 120,000 followers. Uh, that is Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that on Facebook at WCDT BDSM. Uh, we only have one more podcast here until we get into. Uh, just a lot of series of uh, of very practical sex magic workings, things that you can do. And uh, we were just kind of trying to lay a solid foundation, a good framework. Um, now perhaps you have experience in BDSM, but you may not have experience in magical practice or the, or the other way around. Perhaps you found these uh, podcasts because you have experience in magical practice, but you may be unfamiliar with BDSM. And when you bring the two of them together like we're doing, uh, there are additional things to consider and additional things to know. Uh, today, we wanted to talk about pain and specifically pain as a magical and ritual technique. Uh, we want to talk about several of different categories of using pain as magical or ritual. Um, number one, pain to achieve an altered state via brain chemistry, in which one can connect with the universe or do some kind of magical work, such as directing energy for a spell. In this technique, which can, of course, be done alone, the, the bottom is the primary magician, and the goal of the scene is to get them there, wherever there is, so that they can do something. The top's magical job is to get them to the point. Number two, a pain to create energy for the top to work with. Uh, when the body's in pain, it gives off a great deal of energy. Uh, which is accessible to many magic workers. In, in this case, the top is the primary magician, and the bottom becomes one of their tools. Uh, I would want to briefly uh, just mention that a top and bottom in a scenario, a top is the person in a BDSM scene who gives some type of action, and the bottom is someone who receives or yields to uh, some type of action. It's kind of as simple as that. Um, a top may or may not be dominant, and a bottom may or may not be submissive. Uh, they're not. They're, uh, there's not a necessarily a correlation there, even though sometimes people uh, as assume that or assign uh, dominance to being a top. It's not necessarily the case. Uh, really, in a in a magical working. Uh, depending on what you want to accomplish and who, like who you are in your life, may did may uh, depending on what you want to accomplish may actually determine whether you're the top or the bottom in in a scene, much more so than 
any of your power exchange relationship dynamics. And number three, a pain to bring people back in touch with their bodies. This is an especially good technique for those who go into trance easily, something like subspace is what we like to call it, and likely don't need pain to do it, but have trouble reconnecting with the physical. Uh, Number four, pain as a sacrifice, usually to a divine power who appreciates such things. Uh, There are some deities in in more of the left-hand path uh, line of things, and Uh, There's uh, two just kind of general paths of spirituality. There's the left-hand path and the right-hand path. And uh, the left-hand path is generally uh, somewhat the darker, more the shadowy uh, path. Uh, And, of course, the right-hand path is more of the light path or the white path or the uh, just... uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, light and dark. Any of those types of analogies work. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, with either of the two paths. And uh, they are both useful uh, for different things. Just like uh, working to build yourself up is, is more of like a right-hand uh, path kind of uh, thing. But then also working on your inner demons or working, doing shadow work is also really important. And that's more of a left-hand path uh, type of practice. And so both of those practices, because you, you know, you can't build on a foundation that is, uh, that is shaky sand, for instance, to borrow from a Christian analogy there. But you can't build on a foundation that's shaky sand. So you need to uh, do some foundational work. Uh, and so, you know, both the left and the right-hand path are uh, are useful tools uh, for magical practice. And, you know, pain as a sacrifice, there are some divine powers who appreciate pain as a sacrifice. Number five, pain as a strength ordeal to build courage and self-worth by enduring agonizing things. Kind of reminds me of asceticism and... Uh, uh, some hermetic kinds of uh, magic may fall in line with this. Um, number six, pain as an emotional catharsis in order to tap into deep negative feelings and expunge them. In this case, the pain is used as a trigger to unearth issues that need to be brought out into the light for healing. Again, that's like shadow work uh, is what we call that. Uh, number seven, pain as a way to please a partner who is a sadist. Pain can sometimes just be about the kink. It can pain can sometimes just be fun. Uh, pain can you know can be something that we do to honor our partner. And uh, just make sure that pain isn't one of your boundaries or one of your limits uh, if you're engaging in it, because we want um, all all types of BDSM should be uh, risk aware, so you should make sure that if you're utilizing pain, that you're doing so uh, with safe techniques in in uh, a safe environment using safe tools, and uh, and that you're uh, risk aware of your uh, your health and in uh, your body, what you can and can't do uh, according to your health specific health needs. And uh, it, it should be consensual, so it should be within your boundaries and within your limits. And it should be, it should be kink. It should be fun. 
it should be fun for everybody involved. So if you, um, you know, you don't use pain as just a way to please your, please your partner who is a sadist if you abhor pain. If you actually absolutely despise pain and you don't want pain and, and, and you're going to just, you know, totally suffer your way through it agonizingly, uh, then perhaps pain isn't, isn't a good tool for you. Uh, to work properly uh, as pain, uh, pain should be able to be sustained at the same level for a long period of time or be adjustable as needed. Um, oftentimes, we like we uh, if you're using impact, for instance, for pain, you you start out small and you work your way up to a plateau. Uh, you you warm up the skin, for instance, and then you gradually build the pain uh, level up into a plateau. And uh, you may have a slight spike if you're doing if you're trying to focus or manipulate the energy of it but generally that sustained level for a long period of time. Uh, it should not cause too much in the way of actual physical damage because that might make you pass out and you'll miss the entire experience. It's uh, carefully controlled. Uh, pain is carefully orchestrated. It's not random flailing, and the, and the best way to work with it is to do it slowly and with attention to the reaction of one's body. This really helps focus and grow the energy and really makes it a positive experience for everyone involved. This isn't just about safety. There are plenty of books and people who can teach you how to do S&M without injuring the bottom. Um, it, it's that if things go wrong, you'll lose the thread of the altered consciousness that takes you there, wherever there is, wherever you're trying to go. Um, now, uh, cultures all over the world have explored ways to use the power of pain as a spiritual tool. After all, it's cheap. It doesn't require rare plants prepared in a certain way. The dosage is extremely adjustable. You can get dramatic effects quicker than with meditation. And all you really need is your own body. It can be as simple as uh, striking the body with a hand. And all you really need, you know, is their body. Uh, the Lakota tribe of the Western Plains of America, they pioneered the sun dance where people suspended themselves from piercings behind their pectoral muscle or pulled against piercings through the skin of their chests until they saw visions. In the Hindu Kavandi uh, ceremony, I may be pronouncing that wrong. Worshippers carry huge shrines and parades born with masses of large steel needles through their flesh, and others dance in the street with fruit and bells attached to their skin with sharp hooks. In parts of Indonesia and Malaysia, spirit-possessed folks put spikes through the skin of their cheeks as part of inducing a trance deep enough to allow the spirits to enter. The technique of applied pain is probably older than that of psychoactive substances. It's been around a long time as our brains have been sophisticated enough to consider using our bodies in more than instinctive ways. Most people prefer to utilize altered state pain by slowly starting and working up the pain level a bit uh, 
you know, bit by bit. Like joggers, there's usually a point where one hits the wall and feels as though one can't go any further. And it's getting beyond that point that induces the body to create the right chemicals. However, a few folks have been have found that a quick ex- escalation, sorry, of severe but non-injurious pain works better for their biological triggers. Um, I'd put a disclaimer out there that not everyone can use this method. Remember, you may need to, um, if you're wanting to use pain in a magical working, you may need to, uh, or I would advise you to check with a healthcare professional. Um, you know, be someone who you can be discreet with, but uh, you can get the answers that you need. Uh, some people just don't make many endorphins as well, or their bodies are so slow in making them that the damage would have to be injurious before that would happen. Um, as with anything, people's unique neurochemical makeup should be respected. On the other hand, most people are far more resilient than they actually believe. Um, pain is an extremely intense pattern of energy. It can be used either by the recipient or the inflictor. For the recipient to use it, they must be clear-headed and experienced enough to keep focusing energy even through the haze of agony. On the other hand, someone who's experienced in moving the energy of other people around can utilize the pain of a sexual or magical partner and direct it where it needs to go. This method is often used by magicians who happen to be tops and who have bottoms who are willing to lend their bodies to the effort. Um, Sex magic in general teaches the use of sexual energy and especially orgasm as tools for working, working one's will. Generally, the arousal energy builds up and the spell is released during orgasm. However, orgasm itself only lasts a few seconds. But pain, skillfully applied, can have the same intensity level as an orgasm, but it can go on for a much longer time. This gives the magician in question a greater period of time to work with that peak energy. So pain is a lot easier to guarantee than orgasm and a lot harder to become distracted from. Now, different people have different pain tolerances. It's been noted by folks who play with pain that people who are already in chronic pain or who grew up with chronic painful illnesses or disabilities tend to have tend to make fewer endorphins and have a higher pain tolerance. Uh, many of them learned young to disassociate themselves from their bodies in order to ignore pain and had to relearn how to pay attention to it. Um, it's been reported that years of ignoring body uh, their body due to chronic pain um, leads to neglecting other health issues such as simple hunger and fatigue. And really that S&M teaches somebody like that to listen to their body again. Uh, another individual enduring lifelong chronic pain from a severe accident spoke uh, of how S&M was a way to create pain that temporarily overrode the daily non-consensual pain. Um, that person talked about how creating that pain deliberately gave a sense of power that could stand up against the helplessness uh, of their ordinary experience of agony. There's also that someone who can take an hour of hard thuddy sensation can be reduced to tears and minutes by sharp stingy sensations or vice versa. 
Uh, there's no such thing as a bottom with no limits. So no matter how many whip strokes, sorry, whip strokes they can take or clamps on their genitals, uh, or sorry, clamps on their genitals may undo them. So no matter how much their back or their ass can put up with, caning the inside of their thighs with a six-inch a six ruler may drive them to a safe word. So you really need to check these things and possibly explore um, if they're unfamiliar territory uh, well before any elaborate ritual scenes where a safe word early on will have repercussions for the scene. So uh, there's no, you know, you, you definitely want to um, do some homework and find out what things are available to you, what things that your bottom has experience with, and what things the top is experienced in giving. And you may want to find out whether the person um, has a, a better sense of enjoyment for thuddy or stingy sensations and, um, and, and to know what their limits are. Um, I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. You can also find me as an admin of uh, Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape at WCDT BDSM. You can find us on the web at www.bdsm.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube by searching Primal Piggy or FetLife by searching BDSM United. And if you're listening on your favorite platform, be sure to leave a, a like, a subscribe, a review. Uh, let people know what you like and, that, and, and help other people find this podcast. Uh, beginning in our next podcast, we'll be moving through a lot of different actual workings that you can do, uh, really real-world practical things, so stay tuned. Uh, things like um, uh, working with spirit guides, uh, moving into the unknown. I was just looking at a couple of them here, a couple of my notes. Uh, uh, Self-pleasuring meditation, uh, sexual divination. There's a lot of different things coming up. Uh, in just the next uh, uh, the next podcast, and then uh, just totally unfolding. So uh, we're hitting the ground running on this Sex Magic podcast. Thank you for listening. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at DatingKinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky, built by kinksters, for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.